Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue with our study of Paul's letter to Philemon. As you remember, Philemon was a dear brother of the Apostle Paul who owned a slave named Onesimus. Onesimus ran from his owner, and eventually found Paul in Rome, who was imprisoned at the time. Paul led Onesimus to Christ, who then began serving Christ by serving Paul. Please follow along with Pastor Harris as he continues Paul's letter with today's slice of this week's message entitled, How to Help Spiritual Family. Paul was careful to call his brother's attention to God's character and to God's word and say, now receive him as you would me. Number two, your, your motive and your best ally has to be love. When you enter a situation that needs resolution, that needs forgiveness, that needs restitution, that, that, that needs people to be reconciled to each other, your attitude, if, if your attitude is, you're going to win or lose, you're not going to accomplish God's will. You're doomed. Enter confrontation with the desire to show love. How can I show love to this other person? How can I apply the principle of loving all of the other people in this situation? You'll start finding creative ways to solve problems. The godly resolution of a situation always involves both truth and love. We said, we said that last time. Ephesians 4.15, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into Him who is uh, the head, even Christ. We speak truth, and that can be a battering ram, so we speak truth in love. We are always loving, but we never love in a manner that contradicts the truth. We put them together. So Paul takes the situation directly to Philemon. He tells him the whole truth. He tells him what's on his heart. And he leaves it with Philemon and the Lord to do as he senses that God wants him to do. You need to understand when you're trying to resolve something with other people in the body of Christ, that peace is not merely the absence of conflict. Peace is the presence of righteousness. If you are alienated from another brother or sister in Christ, there is sin involved. And it's your sin. So, oh, well, wait a minute. His sin is 63% of the problem. I'm only 37. Yeah, and you've got to deal with that 37. Okay, it, there, it needs to be, you need to pursue truth, love, righteousness, kindness, compassion, that will bring resolution. Number three, be careful to respect the other person or the people involved in the confrontation. Assume the best of others. Now, think about this. Did you get up this morning, roll out of bed, realize it's Sunday morning, I'm going to church, 
Did you think of anybody here and say, Lord, please help me to irritate that person today? Of course not. But we assume that other people are out to get us, right? Just lose that. Your brothers and sisters in Christ are probably doing their best just like you're doing your best. So treat them as you want them to treat you. And if there's an offense, realize, I've done 50 more than that. Except that they want to be glorifying God. That they want to be reconciled. And then number four, do what is right. Not necessarily what's easiest, what's most convenient. Sometimes that's just run away. Well, uh, Lord, I'll just, I'll just sit on the other side of church so I don't have to uh, say good morning to that person today. No, Paul didn't do that. Um, he could have just sent the letter with Onesimus. Could have just sent Onesimus alone. He could have put this whole thing into the book of Colossians and made it chapter 5 of Colossians and had it read in church for Philemon and Onesimus to have the spotlight shining on. He, he didn't do that. He did it the right way, the loving way, the kindest way, the, the gentlest way that he could. He was rigorously committed to doing the right thing and doing it in a way that brings people together. He understood Romans twelve eighteen. Matter of fact, I think he wrote it down one day. If possible, so far as it depends upon you, be at peace with all men. The guy that wrote that is living it in the book of Philemon. And he's putting into practice other things that he knew were true. Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. He could have said, hey, Onesimus, Philemon's your master. You get back there now, Philemon. When you get back, you make sure you discipline him appropriately when he gets there. But no, he understood that he also wrote Galatians 3.28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. The relationship of brother and sister in Christ transcends every other human distinction. And in Colossians chapter 4, verse 1, that was probably read in church the Sunday nearest when this letter Philemon arrived, The masters there are reminded, masters, grant to your slaves justice and fairness, knowing that you too have a master who is in heaven. Same thing as Ephesians chapter 6, verse 9 that we just studied. The conclusion the scriptures lead us to is that God cares equally for all men and women of all levels of social status. As James put it, there is no partiality with him. Matter of fact, Paul wrote that too. But rather than requiring uh, that he confront this whole societal issue of uh, of slavery, he didn't do that. He he did not require the immediate emancipation of all slaves. He didn't say, okay, now Onesimus got saved. Let all your slaves go and just just, release every, uh, every connection you have to them. He didn't say that. Whatever is true, though, is that wherever Christianity has become a strong influence in a culture, slavery has always tended to to decrease and disappear. One of my favorite Bible commentators, William Hendrickson, 
wrote it this way about this passage. He says, all this does not mean that either Jesus or Paul advocated social revolution, immediate emancipation of every slave. Such a sudden upheaval of the entire Roman economy would have resulted in indescribable misery for many a slave who depended on his master for a living and would have been placed in an insurm- would have placed an insurmountable obstacle in the way of the propagation of the Christian faith. We're not here to fix what we think is wrong with society. We're here to proclaim the message that fixes what we know is wrong with people, that they are alienated from their creator and they need to be reconciled. Hendrickson said further, this love is the response to God's love for his child. Whether that child be black or white, bond or free, makes no difference. It is this love of God which melts cruelty into kindness and in so doing changes despots into kind employers, slaves into willing servants, and all who accept it into brothers in Christ. The kingship or rule of God works from within outward, not from without inward. The truth of the gospel will do far more to solve social questions than any number of bayonets. We said it in the last, uh, in the last year or two. We've been, um, our, our society has been awash in this so-called social justice movement, redefining the definition of justice from what God says, turning it into it has to be equal outcomes for everyone. No, no. That's never been God's way. That's never been, that's never happened that everybody has had equal outcomes. Equal treatment, equal opportunity, equal consideration, no partiality. That's, um, that's justice. And the gospel brings that. And that's why Jesus could say so boldly, people will know that, my, that you're my disciples by the love that you have for one another. John 13. Read on. Philemon 18. But if he, Onesimus, if he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge that to my account. That's an interesting thing to say. Now, Paul knew that anyone traveling from Rome to Colossae would need some money. Uh, He also knew that a slave probably didn't have a savings account set aside for such a trip. I'm sure that Onesimus, when he fled Colossae and went to Rome, was not thinking, I'll get a a round-trip ticket. Um, And Paul knew that any man who, before he was saved, would sneak away from his master was not the epitome of morality, and he probably stole from him. Paul wrote later what we know as Titus 2, 9 and 10, urge bond slaves to be subject to their own masters in everything, to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering. Remember, slaves were mostly regarded as members of a household. There'd be a lot of opportunities to pilfer things. And anybody without the moral compass of knowing the Lord would probably give in to that. So it's likely Onesimus confessed to his spiritual father, Paul, that he stole from his master before he left him. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.